You're listening to RM Channel 001. That's operation. Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. Not everyone thinks that Kathleen Kennedy should be to blame. There are people that feel that Bob Iger should also be blamed. According to a report that has just surfaced, Frank Marshall liked a tweet where someone alluded to that. Where they say... The the day's world, man, when you just like a tweet. Well, you'd like it. Listen. Now, yes, he could be... He's 70-some years old. He could also not know what the fuck he's doing on social media. (laughs) You know, he he could also be liking tweets where people say, Hey, Kathleen Kennedy should suck a big fat cock. And he's all, I like that one, too. (laughs) I like that one, too. I don't know what I just like. (laughs) I just heard you sucking cock. And I was like, yes, I like this. You're my wife. And you haven't done it in years. You're very good at it. You used to be very good at it, and now you're all business and uppity. When I first met you, you were just looking for a career. (laughs) (laughs) Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the back to tank. Time to get into this show. A lot of things going down, Dave. There's there's lines being drawn now. I'm pretty surprised that we still have news after going five weeks in a row, which, by the way, I don't think we've ever done five weeks in a row outside of the seasons of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, actually, you got a good point there. We usually have stuck this to two shows. <laughs> yeah, it's busy. been very busy. Usually we stick to, what, two shows a month? That's typically what we we do. However, because there's just so much happening right now, we do have some actual news pertaining to Episode 9 that we want to discuss and, and break down and theorize and speculate. But speculate carefully because we don't want our expectations to get ahead of ourselves or ahead of us. And then we cry and piss ourselves when <laughs> when what we wanted doesn't come true. Oh, come on, Mike. Give us get. We have to remember that we are separate from those special Star Wars fans. Oh, yeah. We're, we're in our own little category. We're in our own little positive category. Yeah. You know, we are pretty positive even when we make fun. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. I know there was a, a one complaint we had that we kind of poke fun of Star Wars. I'm like, well, no, I kind of you're kind of missing the point of our show. Um, we're satirical. We we poke fun of things in general. Imagine if we didn't make jokes during the show. It'd be like every other Star Wars podcast out there where they take themselves way too seriously. You exactly. got to have some fun. You got to let loose. You got to make Kathleen Kennedy jokes and and Bob Iger jokes. <laughs> 
because that, that that's where it counts. Yeah. Yeah. And when in doubt, just get naked and get in the back to tank, right? Oh, absolutely. A nice little soak. Yeah, but not too much. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, we do have some giveaways today. I should say a, a giveaway. Singular. Because what we're going to be doing, I, I teased this last episode, that we're going to be giving out prizes of sorts, Star Wars themes gifts throughout yes. the month of July. Yes. Every week we'll have something new. Plus, at the end of the month, we'll give away something a little bigger uh, to the people that are most interactive with our show content. Today, we're going to be giving out a solo, a Star Wars story poster calendar. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It has the art of solo throughout every single month. Every obviously every month is a new image. It's cool. I posted a picture of the calendar on our Twitter account at from back to tank also on our Facebook, facebook.com slash from the back to tank. So we'll be giving that out a little bit later during the show. Um, we're going to have you call in. We're doing this old school radio style. And none of this tweeting. I want it. <laughs> well, you're going to call and you're going to be on the air. With yeah. Us. 818-394-0279. Do not call now because I'll hang up on you. <laughs> call when I say, but write down that number. 818-394-0279. This is old school radio, folks. Yeah. The phrase that pays, if you will. <laughs> the phrase that pays. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So 818-394-0279. Call when I say. And it's first come, first serve. That's it's, We're going to keep it simple. Caller number one, David. First one up. Yeah. So you better have a speed dial. Better put us on speed, speed dial. dial. All right. So Star Wars Episode Nine reportedly cast Carrie Russell. In an action-heavy role. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, people need to take a breath because you see, this is this is this is just as bad as when people said or assumed Finn was related to Lando. <laughs> exactly. Because well, well, Lando's black. Finn is black. Uh, they must be related. One plus one equals three. Yeah, deductive reasoning done by a, an infant, an ignorant infant. So they're doing the same thing now with Carrie Russell. Now, she very well may have some type of relation to Ray. I'm kind of hoping she does not. Not because I'm on the side of things where she shouldn't have importance to who she is. You can bring importance to who she is without stressing parents and whatnot again yeah. if they end up doing that fine it's all in how it's executed right dave we've we've it's gone all about how the execution we've gone back and forth with the pros and cons and it's all about execution and, and they can end up doing something that i completely didn't want but if it's done the right way you can easily win me over yeah now according to this report again it's not confirmed but it's been picked up by just about every single trade mag Starting with Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Star Wars Episode Nine reportedly cast Carrie Russell in an action-heavy role. Writer-director J.J. Abrams previously has worked with her on Felicity and Mission Impossible 3. Yep. That's why there's some, some validity to this, a little bit of truth, because of the fact that she has a relationship with J.J. In fact, in a lot of ways, she owes her career to him for casting her in Felicity, Felicity all those many years ago 
And then again, using her in a very awesome role, I believe in Mission Impossible 3, she was an agent that was uh, taken captive and she had a very small role, yeah. but it was a fucking cool role. It was a, it was actually a really it was one of the better parts of that movie of Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Is that is that I mean, am I sensing negativity about Mission Impossible? No, no, no. OK, simmer down. That over was there. one of my favorite parts, though. With yeah. Terry Russell. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Lucasfilm has kept many things pretty quiet when it comes to J.J. Abrams' Star Wars Episode Nine, but Variety is now reporting that the director has cast Carrie Russell in the upcoming film. The character, the character she'll be playing isn't named, but according to the report, it calls for action-heavy heavy fight scenes. I'm having problems reading today, apparently. Uh, Russell first came to national attention as the star of Felicity back in 1998, that show which was created by Abrams and Matt Reeves, uh, featured Russell as the main young woman who upends her life by deciding to go to college in New York. So the Star Wars franchise itself has been dealing with some recent turbulence, the standalone film Star Wars story. Uh, all right. Yeah, we understand all that. Yes. So, Dave. And, you know, people, as I'll say, people need to take a breath, Dave, because they're setting themselves up for disappointment. These some of these fans don't learn. They don't learn their they don't lesson. Learn. They immediately start making up movies in their head, <laughs> and then they go what... see the movie, and they're disappointed and upset when they leave the theater because it's not what they invented in their minds. Dude, do you realize that that's what all fans now nowadays do? Oh, it's not just Star Wars fans. It's, it's all not, fandoms yeah, in it's general. All fandoms do that now. It used to be basically oh just. Just the fact that basically it's up there and we what we see on the screen makes us fall in love with the franchise. No, it's up to us and our imagination. If it doesn't fit our imagination, then we hate and it. And let's just be honest. Some people have shitty imaginations. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people have shitty imaginations. Yeah. We don't. We don't. It's 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 hard. And the reason why you can't do that is because not everybody thinks the same. And all you're going to do is walk out of that theater upset and bummed yet again that you didn't get your way. Take a step back, relax, and, and let's watch this unfold because there are thousands of tweets trying to say that this is Ray's mother. Ow. Now, if she ends up being Ray's mother, fine. So be it. But my point is, there's zero facts supporting this. There has been nothing. Nothing. Not even rumors to what her character is and will do. And people are assuming, well, she has brunette hair and she's pale white. <laughs> and that's it. That's as bad as the, like, the land, just like what you brought up about the Finn and Lando connection. Yeah. They're the only two black men in the whole galaxy, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Finn and Lando. Well, we've only seen Lando before. So that means... Oh, that means Saul Guerrero might be their grandfather. I noticed that. I noticed that that basically, like, now it's getting as bad with Ray because, like, remember back in the day they thought that uh, who was it, Jen Erso, Jen Asso, was supposed to be David. David, do not ever say her name with the American accent. You must say it the way they say it, <laughs> and it sounds a lot like Asso, Asso, Jen Asso, Jen Asso, but. It, when Jen Asshow yeah, first actually showed uh first showed up, people were like saying, That's Ray's mom. And now look at what they do with Solo. They're actually saying that Kira is Ray's mom. And then now <laughs> it's like it's hilarious because everyone wants to know who Ray's mom is. And I'm like going, How is that important? Yeah. <laughs> is I, I I don't understand why it is. And like I said, I'm I'm hoping that her parents aren't anybody. 
I don't there there's, there needs to be a connection, obviously, and it needs. I don't want them not explaining it. Like like if they don't if they try to pawn it off as it's not important who she is that she is just that. Then yes, that's an obvious problem. That's a writing error. Yes, but there's so many ways they can draw connections to her character, as we have discussed time and time again time in our again. in our discussions. They, she can be a virgin, much like um, much like Anakin, where for some reason there's a high amount of concentrated force around her. They can create some prophecy, connect her to the father son, you know, planet of Mortis. There's tons of things they can do that will bring her to the center stage of the Star Wars universe and really drive home her importance. Because yes, as of right now, we've only seen two stories, two chapters in in a three-chapter story. And if you were to base it on just two chapters, what they've done with her, yeah, you'd be like, well, there's not, what, what's her, what's the impact? Well, why is she important? Why, why, is she are, important? why are we following her story? And J.J. has quite a task in the third movie. He has to create the importance around her character. Why are we following her? Why is she important? Why is she worthy of our attention? But none of that has to do with who her parents are. It doesn't really matter who her parents are. It matters who she is and why she's important. Yeah, it's the why. It's the why that's important. We never questioned why Anakin was born of the Force. You know, again, I I think uh, Anakin's mom's lying. I think she was being a dirty, dirty, a dirty, dirty, and, and fuck some Sith Lord. And she didn't want to tell Qui Gon. Uh, yes, She's it a, was just it just happened one night. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she told Qui Gon, "There's no father; it just happened." Qui Gon's all right. <laughs> right. I'm sensing. I'm sensing. Dep- I sense. I sense the lie. There. I sense depravity. <laughs> I sense depravity. Think. Don't feel. Use your instincts. She's all. That's what I did. <laughs> I just lay down. But you bring up a really valid point is kind of like we never questioned it about Anakin. In fact, to all of us, it made sense because like Anakin was part of the prophecy. So in a way, it was very Christ like and very mystic. It's very messianic. And that was kind of the point, And that's why it worked so well. Unfortunately, have, they haven't been able to find that thematic element that you can tie back to literature or even biblical where you can say well this is her importance there's even you can derive stuff from shakespearean stories and the epic stories of the of the greek and roman odyssey uh, uh, yes the poems there's tons of things you can use to derive ray's importance they have yet to do it so that's why a lot is is riding on this movie george lucas went the route of hey i'm going to get that question I'm going to answer that question right off the bat. There is no father. And because we all understand biblical allegories, most of us, even if you're not a Christian or you're a Bible believer, most of us understand the story of Mary. So that's why that little simple narrative choice worked so well at the very beginning of episode one minus the midichlorians and how they turned it into a hiv test but that's 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 all part of execution because if you think of the idea and we talked about that yeah yeah so that's the only thing let's not carrie russell i'm happy she's on board and hopefully she plays it's a good good cast i'm a big fan of carrie russell like a huge fan i loved her show on fx that just ended uh the americans where she plays a russian spy that Such a good. good show. And she is fucking steamy as hell. She is hot. Hot. David, can I get an amen? Like, I, you're just silent. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of Carrie Russell. Oh, right okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you need to clean the desk now. Oh, Jesus. 
I'm sensing debauchery. <laughs> debauchery. <laughs> All right. First look at Star Wars Resistance. It services at the French Disney presentation. Why are we not getting presentations here first? Uh, I don't know. Do you think it's because everyone's hating on everything right now? Yeah, we don't hate on everything because we're a source of positivity. Yeah, well, we don't hate on everything, but maybe they're giving the Frenchies uh, things because the American trolls right now are just tearing it up. <laughs> that is true. Everyone's terrified. Like, uh, I'm thinking of possibly dropping some news on the American audience. Don't try it. <laughs> I'll cut you in half. <laughs> they have the high ground. Yeah, so... Our first look at the cast of Star Wars Resistance has been unveiled, featuring Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma, alongside a host of new characters. I uh, don't give a shit about Captain Phasma at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm like, come on, just, just, just let her die. <laughs> let her, yeah. Let her go in peace. You had a chance and you blew it two times. At the French presentation being labeled Disney Rendezvous. Some new information about the premise of Star Wars Resistance was unveiled. Uh, the tweet roughly translates to the following. It was a French tweet. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, Lucasfilm's new animated series, will arrive in October on Disney XD. The series is resolutely, resolutely turned to action and humor with the strong presence of BB-8. Okay. Well, you gotta have that recognizable characters, I guess, in that thing. And BB-8 is probably the most recognizable out of the new trilogy. And people seem to like him. Yeah. I don't think there's any hate aimed at BB-8, so I think that's a good choice. And Poe Dameron's a good choice as well. And we already know that this is going to be highly inspired from Japanese animation. Yes, it's uh, anime-inspired. Apparently, Dave Filoni is a big fan of Japanese animation. So is this going to... You think this is going to be a lot like Macross? Or I, more like Voltron. The more the more I looked at it, and I'm glad you brought that up because old school me in it looked at this and basically said, I, wo I wonder if Filoni is going for Macross. Because in the past, Filoni has said that one of his biggest influences was Robotech and Macross. Yeah, not a big fan of Robotech, but big fan of Macross. If Macross, uh, listeners yes. out there, Dave, don't know what Macross Plus is, please oh Google it. Oh my god, it. That, it's one of the best anime. It's a little dated, but I think it still holds up, right? It's been about 10 it, years since I've does. watched it, but if they're going for that vibe, dude, I'm on board. Well, first, I'm on board with Star Wars, Yeah, but I'm definitely on board if, it's, uh, if they go that route. I'm hoping it's uh, a combination between Macross and maybe a little bit of Voltron. Because I love that old style as well. Yeah. So we'll see. There's not a lot to go on it. The 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 photos of low definition. It was taken by someone in the crowd that was watching the presentation. The art does look cool. The art does look really cool, and it's very anime inspired. So I mean, like it looks it looks great right now. Even though the the pictures are grainy. I mean, from the picture itself, and I'm looking at it right now. I can't make the details out of the sh what the ship is mm -hmm. that they're trying to actually look at. Right. But if uh, if it kind of reminds me of like an old World War II, one of those old Well, that's kind of what they're going for, right? I believe so. Isn't that the vibe like, they're going for? Because when they first mentioned this in res uh, about Resistance, mm -hmm. Filoni was actually trying to uh, made the comment that he wanted to harken back to what George Lucas was inspired by, which was the old World War II fighter planes. Right. And... At first, it's uh, it it was very vague, but now that we actually get to see it, if 
any of you out there get to actually see the picture, you might actually see the what what we're talking about. Where the plane itself. Well, that's I'll, the main I'll focus. tweet it. I'll tweet it out on our on our show. Yeah, on our show page. If they haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have. Um, but the show is set to premiere in October. Disney XD. That's what three four months away. Yeah. What is it? Holy three months away. Three months away. So we're going to holy shit. I didn't even realize it was that soon. So we're going to start seeing things really fast. In fact, I would be surprised if we don't see a trailer by the beginning of August. Oh, did you? Uh, oh, I don't know. Comic-Con. I don't know. Yeah. We might see something at Comic-Con. At Comic-Con. But uh, they also came out with the fact that I don't know if we already talked about it, but they already gave out the description of the main character. Where yeah, we we went over it a few weeks ago. Kazuda Zeno. Yeah, go through, is, go remind us. Which is which is basically straight anime inspired. That's an anime inspired name, right. For the get go, and basically Kazuda is supposed to be a young pilot that's recruited by the resistance, whose mission is to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. Mm-hmm. Which is actually kind of cool. I mean, we might get like getting like a spy, the war type of. World War II feel might actually be really cool. And you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go po- po- political for a moment here. So if we were to explore some, obviously it's Disney XD. I don't think we're going to explore the nuances of politics. There may be a few things here and there. But it, are we ready for a Disney XD cartoon to kind of possibly explore some political thought? Well, if you think and about it, Rebels it, did it. Rebels did it toward the end. Briefly. and it And it was subtle. And that's what I'm saying. If they were to... If they're using World War II, right, as a backdrop to inspire the, at least the style, we don't know about the story itself. Yet. Yes. Do you think Star Wars, currently the atmosphere with the fans, do you think it would be too much for them to handle if they sense any types, any type of politics? Do you think they're going to flip out and rage and throw things and, and persecute Christopher McCreary for no apparent reason? <laughs> I can't actually... I can't actually promise because you don't you never know about fans. Yeah, I, I dude, I see. And I'm hoping I'm, and I use that. I use that preference fans, not just Star Wars fans. Yeah, you just never know about fans. Hey, that's true, because I would like there to be some importance put into our stories. I, I'm a fan of of uh, fiction, but I also like my fiction fiction dressed with a little bit of reality. As long as it's subtle, I don't want people telling me that I had to think. Put it in your story without being heavy handed. Yeah. Don't get on a soapbox. And, 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 you know, for the most part, I feel like they've done a good job with that. However, it just I'm a little scared now that they're going to pull away to superficial, complete superficialness now because so many people are complaining about everything. Yeah. So we'll see. Dave Filoni does have a pretty big fan base and many of the fans of Filoni are those diehards who hate Last Jedi and who complain a lot because they feel like Dave Filoni has done Star Wars just. Yeah. In fact, I read an entire article uh, by some fucking troll. I don't know how I got sucked in, but I did. <laughs> it was, I was sucked in like the Falcon of the gravity well in the movie. <laughs> I just start reading, but he was saying how he hates everything in Star Wars except Rebels. Uh, for the most part, they handled it really well. And I do agree with him, but it doesn't mean everything else sucks. But I feel like Filoni is more in tune with some of the old school fans. So that has a lot going for it as well. The fact that this resistance is spearheaded and will be ran by Filoni, there's, there is a lot riding on this. Yeah, and just like what you brought up, though, that right there 
makes me comfortable is the fact that it's Dave Filoni that's doing it. It's much like, you know, when they made the announcement, like Star Wars Episode Nine, JJ decided to take over. Okay, now I have faith in Star Wars Episode Nine because JJ's there. Right. And one of the major figureheads that spearhead that's been the spearhead of of Star Wars is there to lead the charge. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the, the Star Wars Resistance. Nothing against Justin Ridge. Justin Ridge did fine as the show uh, did okay, but the show got a little wonky. Got a little wonky. And then when Filoni came back, yeah, with his cowboy hat and riding in like mm-hmm. like a freaking cowboy. He saved. He basically steered the the show back on course. He could steer me back on course. <laughs> get his little boots on, his spurs, and give me a little kick. <laughs> yeah. I say, giddy up, but giddy like, up, little stormtrooper. That's why. That's why I have faith in resistance is because Filoni's there. Filoni knows what he he wants to do, mm-hmm. and as long as as long as they have that the same creative team about Rebels, I have no doubt that Star Wars Resistance will do well. Yeah. But there is a lot riding on it. It's a lot riding on it. Especially right now, the current landscape and the atmosphere of the fandom. Uh, it'll be the first Star Wars installment to drop on us since the the uh, lackluster box office performance of Solo and the the antagonistic boycotting of Star Wars. So we'll see what happens with that. And think about that, dude. I mean, a, a animated story. Think about the influence of Dave Filoni. The 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 importance of this series doing so well and it a long time ago remember we were talking about clone wars and i remember when it first came out no one gave clone wars a shot no one gave it a shot they were like saying oh it's gonna be a throwaway series blah 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 blah. now given the years later anything dave filoni has actually touched has always like a lot of star wars fans just hinge on it yeah yeah, I think we're in good hands. We're I'm not hands. I'm not going to stress out about it. Um we can't allow everything. The toxicity currently in the fandom is ridiculous and we can't allow it to control everything and I'm hoping uh, that uh, this will dodge the bullet. I uh, think it will. Now speaking of that, Christopher Mercury Mercury yep. has been cured of wanting to direct a Star Wars film. That's just sad. Now, if you don't know who Christopher Mercury is, yeah. I have spoken about him years if you are a listener of our network um he is one of my favorite directors uh, mostly because of a movie he did back in 1999 i believe is the year and it's called the way of the gun an amazing movie it's a contemporary western it has all the western themes stylistic approach archetypes that a spaghetti western w- should have and this guy is just it's it's a talent it's a an example of sheer directing talent. There is 10 minutes throughout the movie. I should say 10 minute segments throughout the movie where there's minimal dialogue and the entire movie, the weight of the story relies on the visuals. And it works so well. It's, it's, it's just a great movie. He also did Jack Reacher. The, the first one, the second one was kind of shitty. The first yeah. one, which was very well directed. See, for me, Christopher McQuarrie, the one, his the one his credit that basically I think of. Way of the Gun is a really great, a great, a great film. But for me, top ten favorite film of all time, and he was the writer behind of it. What Usual Suspects? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Usual Suspects, dude, was an absolute for me. It was like a masterpiece of of writing because mm-hmm. literally, 
all when you watch that film, yeah, Brian Singer did a fantastic job as the director, no doubt. But the story that Christopher McQuarrie wrote was brilliant. Yeah. It just harkened back to like all those great detective and noir films and had the perfect the perfect way to pull off a twist. Yeah. You know, everyone everyone nowadays wants to do a, a twist in their movie and twist in their in their in their scripts. But you look at it becomes almost like a parody of it with like uh M Night Shyamalan. Right. Christopher McQuarrie was did that perfectly. He showed how to do a twist in the end. Because if you read that story and you read the script, even even reading the script, that surprise ending. Yeah. Yeah. Just takes your breath away. Well, yeah, he's he's uh very capable. Unfortunately, recently Dave, he was kind of roped in to the Star Wars nonsense that's going on right now in social media. Yeah. Ryan Johnson, who obviously loves negative attention. He just drill, he just lives on this. I don't understand why he's on Twitter. <laughs> he must love torture. I swear, if I was like a producer and Ryan Johnson was my director, I'd go, dude, please oh, don't go on Twitter. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Stop. If I were to produce a movie, they would not be on Twitter. I'd be like, you need to sign a contract. And during the entire production of this movie and post-production and promotion you will be off twitter because whatever happened you have to be careful of things you say and ryan johnson has kind of added to the i have to say this i don't hate last jedi okay but i i have to question ryan johnson's decisions when it comes to his social media behavior yes now should a director producer writer actor stand idly by while they're why they are persecuted and bullied on social media without defending themselves absolutely not no, they should no. defend themselves and i will back that up till the cows come home dave till the banthas come home no no i agree with you there in fact there was the cinematographer i forgot his name currently his name eludes me who defended his work for predator they released a, an image, and the first thing that someone tweets out to the director, Shane Black, is CGI as fuck. And the cinematographer comes in and says, actually, there's no CGI in this shot, so you're wrong as fuck. I started <laughs> Larry la- Fong. Larry, it was Larry Fong. Yes, just, just amazing. And I'm like, okay, that's how you do it. That's how, You need to defend yourself, fine. Yeah. If you want to silence trolls, fine. fine. But when you start antagonizing them, you're not going to win the battle. You will not win. It, it, that's a war that cannot be won. Yeah. There's, the there's trolls, a difference between antagonizing the trolls and trolls stole the Death Star plans and they control the Death Star. Yeah, pretty much. And you will never be able to get it because trolls will outnumber you always. So Ryan Johnson has kind of added over the last six months. He's added more negativity to The Last Jedi by the way he interacts with fans. And I don't feel like it's helped his movie at all in, in the way of winning people over. He should just be polite and say, hey, go fuck yourself. I hate I, I, I'm sorry you hate my movie. You don't have to be like. I said polite, but that's my way of being polite. That's your way of being polite. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's enough. Don't that's ju- enough. don't justify your work. Don't antagonize fans by making fun of them. Just move on, dude. Yeah. Like, imagine if George Lucas sat on social media interacting with all the hate. He would never finish his movies, and he probably would have slid his wrist. 
Imagine if every producer and director that has hate issued at them because of a movie that someone doesn't like sits on social media and antagonizes everybody. You're not going to have a fan base. You're not going to have a fan base. Ryan Johnson needs to be put on timeout. Again, I'm not ju- I am not justifying the fans. They are horrible. The things they're doing. <laughs> Some of the things they say, but dude. Take the high road as a director and a producer. Take the high road, defend yourself here and there and then move on. But this guy spends days, dude, days antagonizing fans. Cuz most of all, at the end of the day, as a director and as a as a person in film, your job is to be professional. That's yeah. it. And honestly, dude, like I, if I was a producer, I wouldn't even hire him anymore. I'd be like, not because he's toxic, not because people don't like, didn't like Last Jedi. I would be like, I would look at his record and be like, okay, you're an employee that's kind of a loose cannon. You fight with fans. I can't, I, I, I can't have that on my team. I need people who are going to try to win people over if they don't like something. And if they can't win the battle because trolls will always win, then just move on, ignore them and continue to do what you need to do, but maintain professionalism. You are the, you are the image of this company. You're the face. What happened to that? But now we have James Gunn insulting fans saying that star Wars fans need uh, therapy. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie. I feel a little bit more sympathy for him because he didn't ask for it. Yeah. Ryan Johnson tweeted him saying, Hey, you guys should follow him. He's a knowledgeable person in film and writing. And then because of that, all the Ryan Johnson trolls started persecuting Christopher McQuarrie for no reason at all. So he started defending himself in kind of a comical way. Yeah. But then you have James Gunn jumping in and insulting fans. Dude, you weren't even a part of the argument. You weren't even a part of this discussion. Exactly. This is a dangerous ground we are approaching when it comes to fandoms. You cannot, it's not open season on your fans, guys. You, you can't do that. That's not how you run a business. It's not. Unfortunately, the customer is not always right, but there's a little truth to that. Take the criticism, move on, don't antagonize. You you can discuss and debate, but do not antagonize and insult the fans. That's not your that's not how you're going to win anybody over. Yeah. I can't agree with it, dude. And I'm in a weird spot because we make fun of people on our show, but we do it in a, in a, in a, through a lens of of uh wink wink. You know, it, there's not a whole lot of truth to our jokes. We do it to entertain. Uh, but imagine if some Ryan Johnson was listening to our broadcast, retweeted it and said these guys are fuck-offs. Fuck them. They're idiots. And they start insulting us. That's essentially what he's doing now is retweeting people and insulting them. Yeah. So I don't I think that's dangerous, Dave. Is that dangerous for directors and studios to say it's open season on fans and you start antagonizing them? It is because like those. Unfortunately, when you start generalizing the fan base, then the majority of fans who are just normal, everyday people are going to say, I don't want to actually. I don't want to actually associate myself with that. They're not going to see your film. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you can see it. You can't start alienating fan bases. and You can't. You can't. And there is a give take. And there's a little bit of defense that you need to also, you need to protect yourself. But you need to find that fine line between defending yourself as a person, as a personal person, not someone associated with a movie. If they're attacking you. Defend yourself. Defend yourself. If they're attacking your work for a company, I mean, take it as a, you, you got to shrug it off. Take it to the chin, right? Dave? Take sometimes, it to the chin. Some, and sometimes you got to take it to the chin, the forehead, and the back of the mouth, right? <laughs> and you have to do it with a smile, Dave. 
Just and sometimes that's just what you got to do. Look what Phil Lord and Chris Miller do. <laughs> they do a good job of what they do. In the yeah. Alley. Oh, <laughs> sucking dick in an alley. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. I was surprised that they even existed. I didn't even know. I thought they went belly up years ago. I didn't know right. Boy Scouts was still a thing. Well, because how many people know how to do any of that stuff anymore? Tie knots, help old ladies across the street. Every member of the kink community. Okay. But listen, the kink this community were not Boy Scouts. I guarantee it. <laughs> well... <laughs> useless skills that you will never use in your life except those lonely nights when you realize you're 40 you're a boy scout and you're a virgin <laughs> on your f- 48th camping then trip. you're going to be tying those sailor knots on those lonely nights on that noose <laughs> <laughs> for more rain man visit rainmanshow.com All right, Patreon, Dave. That's right. People can now get more discussions, more Star Wars shows, I should say, by going to patreon.com slash Digital and pledging $5 or more a month, and you gain hours of additional content, including additional Star Wars discussions based on comic books. We're covering Clone Wars currently, books. So anything that we don't cover on the regular show, we do an additional three to four shows a month on Patreon. In fact, right now, currently, we're also covering the Lando Double or Nothing series. And we're going through the Star Wars annuals one through four as well. And Dave, just put on the docket an additional solo discussion on the cinematography. All available when you pledge to Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital. Get more back to tank. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. All right, Dave. So if people miss any part of our broadcast, they can always find us where. Do you know? I'm going to challenge you. Oh, Stitcher iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Star Wars from the back to tank. Also available on the Rain Man Digital app. That too. Just search Rain Man Digital in your iOS stores. All right. So as I was mentioning during the live read, we have another Patreon discussion planned on Solo. Uh, this one's going to focus a bit on the visuals 
and the cinematography. I am really excited for that one. It's going to be fun. This is one of those episodes. This is one of those discussions where if you're a, a film nut, you're a film geek. This is going to be for you yeah. because we're going to talk about inspirations derived from Bradford Young's vision or reference that he used based on the movie McCabe and Miss Miller, which was a 1971 revisionist Western. Yeah, dude. And Young is actually one of the top 10, arguably one of the top 10 best young cinematographers in the game right now. Yeah. And he did an amazing job on Solo and just take into account all the technical things that he did and the fact that Lucasfilm put so much trust in his vision for the look and feel is amazing because this guy's an independent. He's he's an indie guy. Yeah. They had that's how much faith they had on his artistic talent. And it comes through, especially when we get into what he did and we start dissecting some of his choices. It's going to be fun. We're going to do two parts so far. A part one will be based on the technical stuff. Uh, and then part two, we're going to talk more about the references like Miss um, McCabe and Miss Miller. And we're going to contrast and compare the different visuals and the framing. And honestly, dude, that arguably when you look at the, uh, the last two films of the recent Star Wars franchise, the visuals in both movies have been absolutely stunning. Oh, even, yeah. Even Last Jedi's, yep. Last Jedi's visuals, the cinematographer, and I'm trying to remember his name. I mean, absolutely blew my mind when I first saw it on the screen. Yeah. So in that regard, remember we discussed about Kathleen Kennedy's job. Uh, one of her goals was to bring in new blood, bring in new blood. Yeah. Bringing new blood mm -hmm. cinematography wise, yeah. she scored an A. Yeah. And I'm hoping they don't pull back from that because I know that was one of the things she, she really wanted to do. She wanted to bring new, fresh talent from the indie world. And that's why. We had directors like uh, Gareth Edwards. That's why we had, you know, directors like uh, the upstarts like uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Unfortunately, it resulted in reshoots that ballooned the budget. So maybe not with the directors, maybe continue to hire people like the Ron Howards, the J.J. Abrams, people in that vein, people who are are tried and true. They're proven they can handle big tentpole movies. Yeah. When it comes to the other things, like the colorists, the cinematographers, Editing. yes, those types of people, maybe you can borrow some of those creative thoughts from the indie world so that you can get some of those moments that we've been getting in these newer um, iterations of Star Wars. And if for people who say, I don't give a shit, I mean, Star Wars has always been based on pushing the envelope in terms of technology and art. Yeah. The people who basically say, oh, I don't give a shit about that. Secretly, you do, whether yeah. you want to admit it and or not. And if you say that, I hope you don't have the high ground so I can cut you in half. <laughs> cut you by the knees, maybe by the waist. Give you no penis. <laughs> At least Obi-Wan was nice enough to just take his legs out. I know. I'm not going to Obi-Wan you. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe obi Wait, Obi-Wan. Wait a second. He did, he did both, didn't he? He left Anakin his penis, at least, right? Yeah, he left his penis. That's because he took he, out his knees. It's because he viewed him like a brother. Yeah. <laughs> because he loved him. Yeah. <laughs> Maul, he didn't give a shit. Maul, he was like, like I don't know you. I'm going to end your family line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the call-in number to win a Star Wars, a solo, a Star Wars story poster, 16 month with the art of solo on each month. The number is 818-394-0279, 818-394-0279. Don't call yet. Don't call yet. Red light, red light. 
I'm just getting you guys primed. We're edging. We're edging the audience right now, right? Yeah, we're edging the audience. We're getting them set. And the way it's going to work, Dave, is whoever calls in first, that's the only way we can do it. And then we'll have another prize the following week. And then we're going to do the ultimate prize at the end of the month. Whoever's mostly interacting with our, our show content on Twitter, they get entered into a drawing. Numerous times, if they interact numerously, it increases your chances to be drawn from my shoebox. And then you can win something else as well, which we haven't figured out quite yet what it is. I have a couple items in mind. Um, maybe a black series. That'd be cool. Maybe a signed comic. We'll see. Right, Dave? Absolutely. All right. Star Wars Rebels, the complete fourth season is coming to Blu-ray and DVD on July 31st. I'm going to get it. Yeah, same here. I have not purchased. I don't purchase a lot of Blu-rays anymore because I do everything digitally. But when it comes to movies or films, I want to like dissect, break down and and be more interactive with. Then, yes, I buy the copies and I'm probably going to get this because allegedly it's going to be filled with a. some behind the scenes stuff and it has to, right? I mean, this is the final season of our first TV series that was produced by Disney and Lucasfilm. Yeah. I'm and, really hoping for an in-depth look from Dave Filoni. Yeah. Because uh, people who haven't, who don't like are not hardcore fans. Filoni for fans in general, Filoni is actually a really personable person to listen to. And he has a brilliant mind when it comes to actually filmmaking yeah because he knows what uh, how to tell a story all right dave well this is from lucasfilm star wars rebels the complete fourth season delivers all 15 action-packed episodes of the hit cg animated series final season plus exclusive never before seen bonus extras on blu-ray available july 31st star wars rebels the complete fourth season features some of the most critically acclaimed star wars storytelling to date I would not disagree with that. Yes. I wouldn't disagree with it. There's too many. This past season, there's too many moments in the last season that have been fantastic. What do you want? This is the final release of a Blu-ray for the final season of Star Wars Rebels. What do you feel like is a must-have in those bonus features? I I just said it. The first thing right off my head was actually an in-depth discussion from Filoni about what his mindset was for the story. Because remember, when we were actually looking at Rebels, you could tell where Filoni's story was. Oh, for sure. And basically, Justin Ridge was a good pilot for everybody, everything else. But at the end of the day, when you look at Rebels as a whole, Filoni literally wrote this story out that he wanted to cap off a lot of loose ends that were from Clone Wars. Yeah. And I want to actually see like his thoughts on like bringing bringing the end of Darth Maul's storyline. We could say that he brought the end of Ahsoka's storyline, but we have a gut feeling that that's going to continue. Ending on. of a chapter. It's an ending of a chapter. Yeah, but especially that Darth Maul one, dude. There's so much for me hype. I agree about that storyline that Dave Filoni started in Clone Wars, and what his mindset was to try to actually bring this character who everyone thought was dead. You never, you never would think they would bring back this character. I agree. I would love to hear like a, a mini documentary of sorts on his creative process behind the decision to bring Darth Maul back. 
and also his decision to bring him back yet again in Rebels and and what he's using as inspiration for this character moving forward, especially a character that was relatively flat in Phantom Menace. Yes, he was very cool uh, and aesthetically pleasing. He was a badass. But in terms of character, he was very one dimensional. And Filoni took him from a death scene, brought him back and gave him real life and made him a multidimensional character. It's an amazing job what he did with Maul. So I'd like to see that maybe a full discussion, mini documentary, kind of like what they did with uh, the last Jedi with the director and Skywalker, you know, where they did that little, uh, uh where they were antagonizing poor Mark Hamill yeah. when they're making fun of him. Cause they thought he was going to be important. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, but more less mean spirited, <laughs> mean spirited where we can kind of dis- dissect and, and figure out exactly where he was at when it comes to mall. Also maybe a collection of the, uh, Star Wars Rebels recons. Yes. Maybe a collection of the Filoni bits where he made an appearance and discussed things about each episode. What if we had all of that into like a little uh, special features section? And then we can kind of get an idea of where his head was at as we were watching all of them. We can see his roller coaster of narrative ideas throughout the last four years. That would be really cool too. Also, the, the part of the Rebels recon that I really enjoyed is the Pablo Hidalgo ones. Oh, he's he's great, dude. Hildago literally would take questions from the fans, whether they were trolls or just simple fans, and answer them and end it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was like funny because I I would always tune in to Rebels Recon just to get those. And if we get extra ones, because there's been talk that basically they recorded Pablo answering a lot of questions from fans. That'd be cool. Yeah, agreed. All right, so the Boba Fett movie could feature Alden and Wright's Han Solo. Again, please, speculation here. <laughs> I know, that's speculation. This is a highly speculative here, Dave, but I like where they were going with this, and there is some hints of truths in this article, okay? So they did their research, basically. Yes, there was some comments made by the original writer of a Boba Fett story that took place in the 90s, I believe 1996. It was part of the Tales of the Bounty Hunter series, if you remember. And it was yep. titled The Last One Standing. And it was a story that was Boba Fett eccentric. It was about him, and they paired him off with Solo as an arch nemesis. Now, apparently, according to reports, the writer of this story was asked and questioned about possibly using this story as inspiration for the movie. Which would be fantastic because. I remember that story. Now, obviously, they can't really borrow a lot of things from no. it because it's, it was part of Legends, yes. and um, it was also before Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones came out, and George Lucas reframed Bobo Fett's uh, origin story there, by way of Django. Yeah. There's a lot of, in, the, in that story in particular, there's certain things they can't bring back from that story because of certain characters that were in it. Right. Without going into any detail. And also it. really fast, Dave. And that's the problem with, with uh, those people who are so angry with Disney retconning legends. If you didn't, you already had contradictions like the prequels yeah. with this very story. With this very story. So you have these inconsistencies that don't fit right. So this is why Lucasfilm had to retcon in this new era. Otherwise, they would be stumbling all over all the books and they would have nowhere to go. 
And, and it was already fucked up. Lucas never really considered it canon. He gave them licensing and his go ahead. But this is an example right here. A 1996 Star Wars book Lucas gave no fucks about. Yes. <laughs> because whether fans want to admit it or not, George Lucas did not care about what you wanted in the 1990s. Yeah. So he just shit all over that book and he didn't think of it. If it was canon in this day and age, imagine if, if they did that. It, they couldn't do it because there's everything's canon. Everything is now governed under the Lucasfilm story. Group. Group. All right. So let's get into this article, Dave. Uh, the Boba Fett spinoff movie could feature an appearance by Alden Enright's and Solo. From the looks of things, Lucasfilm is keen on seeing the fan favorite bounty hunter return to the big screen soon. They nearly officially, I don't even know how they even know this, they nearly officially announced a Boba Fett project from director Josh Trank at Celebration 2015, but pulled the plug prior to the panel. More recently, it was reported that Logan director James Mangold is going to call the shots on Boba Fett. Yeah. Co-writing the script with Simon Kinberg. However, the film has yet to be confirmed. In the wake of Solo, a Star Wars story underperforming at the box office, Lucasfilm is apparently reevaluating. We've already got into that. Their strategies. Okay, so author Daniel Keyes, Daniel Keyes, Keyes, said in a StarWarsInterviews.com revealed he's previously heard from Disney about the possibility of adapting his short story. The last one standing into a Boba Fett movie. For those who don't know, Dave, that story again is from Legends and it's explored. It explores Bobo's Boba, Boba. Boba's Boba's history, including yeah. his rivalry with everyone's favorite Corillian smuggler. And it's a short story, too, because I believe it was part of an anthology. Yeah, that's how the the Tales of the Bounty Hunter story was. Tales of the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Uh, he says, I've had a guy at Disney email me a couple times over the years regarding Lucas's film, Lucasfilm adapting Last One Standing into a FET movie. He's all not asking for permission. They own those works, just letting me know they were thinking about it. So it was kind. But after Solo stifled, apparently there's some question about the FET movie being made. This is his own words during an interview. So Interesting. So they they are pushing forward, and the last man standing is also a Western take. Yes, on Boba Fett. Yeah, that that it, that's the reason why it was actually one of my favorite short stories in the Tales of the Bounty Hunter was yeah. because it had that spaghetti Western type feel of, uh, of like a like a high noon type of feel to right. it. And if you remember, the one of the things I loved in Solo was all those callbacks to like the spaghetti Western. And everything. So if they actually took that and continued it in Boba Fett, that'd be really cool. Absolutely. So I'm hoping they don't pull the plug. I know some people, honestly, Dave, my knee jerk reaction to these, to Boba Fett's like, I don't really give a shit, honestly. But I also said that about Solo. And, exactly. And Solo comes out and ends up being one of my favorite Star Wars movies of the last four that have come out. So they kind of prove, prove, I always say prove me wrong, right? Yes. That's what I always say. And they prove me wrong. They showed me that, yes, I may not have cared when they announced it, but I ended up caring and I fell in love with the movie. So I may not like an idea, but I'm not going to shit all over anymore because the, obviously look what they did with Solo and even Rogue One. I also said the same thing about Rogue, Rogue One. One. I'm like, yeah. who gives a shit about how they stole the plans of the Death Star? But it ended up being a, a, a fun movie. Yeah, because I used to remember we were we were really critical about like the thought process of the Star Wars story going back and explaining certain things. I mean, you were like, going, why do we have to go back? 
Why can't we just go forward and just tell stories? But in actuality, when you take a look at Rogue One and Solo, they did tell like stories that were kind of going forward. They didn't rehash a lot of stuff. They were telling like a story, a standalone story that stood on its own and could actually, you know, flourish in its own. It doesn't, doesn't need anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, Dave. So it is time to give out a Star Wars gift. Solo, a Star Wars story, mini posters, uh, 818-394-0279. Call. First caller gets in. 818-394-0279. Call. Say, I want that solo calendar. I want it good. And now the countdown begins. All right. So while we're waiting, there's some news coming from the gaming front. And and as I promised a couple shows ago, we're going to be changing things up in terms of how we delve into... uh, Hold on. Got a caller. Let's see if we can go through. Hello. This is Mike Flores with Back to Tank. How can I help you today? Hello. Hello. You're you're on you're on the line. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hey, who is this? Oh, uh, it's calling their Facebook. What? <laughs> they don't hear us. They don't hear us. Oh, that sucks. Because we hear them. <laughs> Technical difficulties at our first caller. That sucks. All right, Dave. You suck. When paid. <laughs> at least uh frank marshall wants you to right <laughs> at least frank marshall wants all right let's to. try one more time hello call are you here with us today give me one second we're having a massive technical difficulties hello are you there yeah michael reyna hey, well, jesus very aggressive michael reyna michael <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I didn't know if you could hear me. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. All right, so this is Raina. She's a very rabid fan of Rain Man Digital. Am I right? Yes, very much. And the very first time I've actually communicated with you. Yes. All right, so you will receive a solo, a Star Wars story calendar. You are friends with me on Twitter, correct? The R Back to Tank? Yes. All right, just yes. send me your address via DM. And I will reply with a dick pic. I'm just, I'm just joking. You beat me to it. (laughs) Just joking. I will reply back and let you know when to expect your package. Okay. A package. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, Raina. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye. All right. Was that inappropriate that I said I'm going to send her a dick pic? No, because that's actually expected from our fan base. Guy <laughs> listeners going to be like, oh, fuck this. I'm not going to. I was going to call. Also, we get like a bunch of calls. <laughs> Brian Johnson calls. Hey, hey. <laughs> I heard you giving out dick pics. <laughs> All right. So we were talking about video games. Um, you know, we're going to have to hold off on this. There are some yes. updates coming in. Battlefront news. Uh, some also some Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news. I will have to cover them during our next show, right, Dave? Because we are running out of time. Yeah, we I are. I didn't realize we're already at an hour. Because there's so much Star Wars going on right now, dude. Now, if you tried to call in and you missed out, uh, please try again next week. We will be giving out prizes every Friday throughout the month of July. We may stop in August once we realize our budget has been inflated and we get fired by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> But so far, hey, I got the budget, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it give back, right? 
We're going to give it to you and give it to you hard. Oh, Jesus, David. I never said anything like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to everyone next week. Right, Dave? Thank you. May the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you, and uh, listen responsibly, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Tank. From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Back to Tank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash From the Back to Tank. 